to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to your Friday. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and Jay Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We appreciate that you've been listening all week long. And on Friday, we're going to do a recap. I say we're going to open the phone lines up very early on. If Will the Great agrees with that, then we can do it. <laughs> I mean, I set out, I have all these hey, goals and I things agree. that I would like to do. <laughs> and then Will gets going no, I can't and, stop. You and know, I, I just, start talking. You know, and, and I'm like, man. come on, people want to talk. People right. have questions and comments right. about what we're discussing. And if I got to do better. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I will bear with you because in my shortcomings, however short and understated they are, you bear with me. Yeah. And so I just, I will. <laughs> I got to do better. Anyway, it's okay. It's okay. Some people are just built to talk. And so they can't. Right. Can't 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Sweet Victory is going to get you on. She's going to get your call screened and queued up. It's the Friday recap. We look back on what we've discussed during the week. And as I am well aware, there are many phone calls that um, we don't get around to. We just simply run out of time. Yeah. And then also you will email me and there are things that you uh, want to comment on because you couldn't get through. And so we can deal with all of that today. That's first order of business for this show, mm-hmm. getting around to your calls, 888-589-8840. Uh, just to remind you what we discussed this week uh, on Monday, we talked about the only wise God and his design for marriage, his wisdom in the institution of marriage and how it was a foreshadowed picture of Christ in the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking at this article that, or this report, that found that 80% of teenagers, those 15 to 19 years old, intend to cohabitate uh, before they get married. 95% of them intend to get married, but 80% of them see themselves just kind of living together, kind of testing it out just to see if this whole you know, <laughs> yeah. marriage thing, which in their mind is defined as like, living together i Man. mean you know <laughs> yeah yeah right see if oh, it'll work my goodness. you, know, you got like, try just... out before you really get you know committed good grief so <laughs> so yeah so we talked yeah. about that and we talked about how we've got to reclaim um really a defense for marriage and and that begins with the truth it begins with telling the truth even when we miss the mark We've got to tell the truth. You know, you just got to tell the truth. Mm. I think there are so many gains that have been made in our culture today because of the decline of marriage. I don't mean to make everything come down to like, I I don't want to overly simplify things, but I think uh, because Christian marriages began to crumble and Christians felt they didn't owe anybody, uh, certainly not an onlooking culture, an explanation. Mm-hmm then um, just everyone was able to kind of get in line with whatever they wanted to define as marriage. And unfortunately, um, we see now the the height of that is just whatever. Like, <laughs> you, you, you don't even need to call it marriage. You don't, you know, 
it's it's just whatever. It's right. people who are committed. And when I say people, I don't mean two persons. I just mean people, however they define themselves, who are Man. committed and they say they want to live together uh, and whatever that is now in our country, um, that is marriage. And, and we have to take responsibility for uh, removing ourselves from that fight. We were supposed to be the ones... Uh, showing up and telling the truth because we have it. And the thing about it, uh, it as it concerns marriage, I think uh, the church, uh, we probably have done a poor job of really uh, relaying the importance and the idea of covenant and all that, you yes. know, uh, to those who will be married, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. to to for them to understand the depths of what uh, they're getting into mm-hmm. and to have the, you know, the weight of it. Uh, mm-hmm. On them, so I think we can do a better job. And I'm not, I'm not saying that churches and pastors are not doing premarital counseling and stuff like that. But I think, you know, it has to be laid out even uh, more, just the the gravity of of what's going on and the picture of Christ in the church, like what we talked about. Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a man. If you're a, a Christ follower, you want to make sure that that presentation of uh, of Christ, you know, to the world is mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah. You know, and so just having more of a weighty teaching and uh, just relaying to the, 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 the body of Christ, you know, how, how firm and deep that is. I, I mean, I think we could do a better job of that. Can you imagine what it would look like if among Christians? Now, of course, I'm not asking the world to um, to adhere to a Christian standard. They're not going to do that. Christians mm. adhere to a Christian standard. Uh, but can you imagine what it would look would look like in our churches or in the body of Christ if Christians started saying, mm, I'm not going to stand in your wedding unless I also have full authority to be able to speak when there's problems. Mm. Like if you yeah. if you guys start yeah. to consider divorce, right. I'm not I don't want to be a bridesmaid in your wedding <laughs> unless you fully expect right. that when there That's are good. issues mm-hmm. that I am going to be able to speak to those issues That's biblically. Right and hold you to the covenant that you're asking me to participate in. That's where we have to get to because we Yikes. can't just be there for show. You know, like, No, and that's what it's become. It's yeah. just it's like a little fairy tale princess thing. No, but we are, are witnesses to this that's right. union. Like so yes. you have the right you know, as a best man or a bride you know, a groom groomsman yep. to, to be able to say like, Hey man, I'm I'm watching, you know, your marriage and I yep. I, I desire to see Christ in your marriage. So if there's things that are going on or decisions that are being made that are not godly, mm-hmm. it should have that right to be able to say, hey, let me ask you about this. And, you know, what's going on here, man? I'm concerned about this. That's the role that we should play. But I think now it's just become just for show. Like You, you might know, not get a lot of invitations. Like you, you might not be able to rack up on all those bridesmaids dresses that you like can't do anything with after you're done. You might not get a lot of those. But can you imagine not only those who would stand in the wedding as witnesses, those who are saying yes and amen. Can you mm. imagine what it would look like if pastors also said, I will not marry anyone that I don't counsel? Yeah, I will. I, I yeah. don't know that you know what you're going into. I don't know that you understand the severity mm. of this covenant, and yeah. I will not sign my name mm-hmm. to a document uniting you people if I don't know that you understand what this means. Because, yeah. like, literally, like, it's so funny. Literally, the pastor's name is on the line. <laughs> like, yeah. like, literally, yeah. the pastor's name is on the line. Can you imagine if pastors said, no, nah, we're not, we're not just, signing over documents and just saying, you know, mm. cute things. No, we really are invested. So anyway, that was on Monday. We talked about that. And then on uh, Tuesday, and then we picked up with it again on Thursday, 
uh, after the kids, how a 90s campaign is working on us and our kids even today. Mm-hmm. This 90s campaign uh, sort of a play on the book after the ball, and which is the playbook. It is the playbook of how homosexuals, uh, not just homosexuals, though, because homosexuality was the cover, but everyone else who was a part mm. of the plus, even before they were mentioned in the plus, right? Everyone else was sort of uh, going to be able to fly under the protection of this campaign if it were successful. And it was successful, which is why the book is out of print. Uh, it normalized homosexuality, which then threw the doors wide open for everything else. Um, after the the victory, quote unquote, that was same-sex marriage in 2015 and the response of the church, I think, could have been louder. I, I, I seriously, I mean, I know I, and that is not to put everybody in the same category that we didn't make enough, um, you know, stink about this. But I think the response from the church, when you consider that marriage is a picture of Christ and his bride, mm-hmm. and then in our country, we are saying that we are recognizing two men or two women, and then not even really logically coming to the end of the redefinition of marriage. Like there, I, I still don't think that there was like a satisfactory answer mm-hmm. uh, for what if three people want to get married. Like we still didn't, you know, we didn't get to that. So, um, and, and now here we're facing that. Now we, we've just completely redefined. So anyway, after the kids, we discussed that on Tuesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then on Wednesdays with Will, yeah. uh, you yeah. discussed when, when prophets, shepherds and prophets deceive. That's yeah. right. We looked at Georgia. We looked at Atlanta and, you know, a couple of pastors um, there, one who's running, you know, for Senate, you know, and just we looked at the abortion issue and where mm-hmm. they stood and how uh, these shepherds, these pastors, you know, are uh, endorsing these candidates who are clearly, uh, you know, for abortion and, yeah. you know, at any point you know yeah and so yeah we just talked about that and just how egregious that is and how we get to the things that we have that, that we see today you know yeah. because shepherds and and then prophets you know are, are deceiving you know and and that's what's happening in our churches you know we talked about a biblical worldview man it's, it's just so much but man, you know the thing is that god is sovereign he's on the throne Amen. and you know even in the midst of all of that you know, he has us here for a reason to shine the light. So That's right. This time is not an accident. It's That's right. by design. It, it, God intended that we would live in this time. Uh, this is Acts 17, 26 language, right? That the Lord determined um, the time that we would live in and our boundaries and all of this that we would seek after him. The Lord knew, and I hate to say that because it sounds so condescending, but obviously the Lord knew exactly what he was doing uh, in causing you to live in the time that you live in and to be the age you are. You know, like I think about the great specificity of our God and how he intends things um, as only God, as only the true and living God can, even down to the age you will be at the height of different things. Like and and what we are entrusted to do as far as holding the line goes. And so I'm grateful. I say this and then I'll go to the phone lines. I'm grateful to be 43. Am I 43 or 42? I can't remember. (laughs) 43. Thank you. All right. So (laughs) wait a minute. So does that mean in February I'm going to be 44? Am I headed to 44 or am I headed to 43? No, it doesn't good. matter. Here's the point. <laughs> I forget. I can't, I'm, I'm three years younger than you are, Papa. What's, yeah, so what is your 46. age? Okay, so I'm 43. <laughs> so that means in February I'm going to be 44. I'm almost 50. <laughs> no, I can say that. You, I just you're still rounded on the other side. I just rounded up. <laughs> Some people are listening to me. They're like, oh, you're youngin'. 
Right. I mean, it's it just okay. It's just about where you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm so grateful to be this age, uh, at the the height of where we are in our culture in, in this moment. I'm grateful for the children that I'm raising, um, to be able to to equip them and to see what's going on in the culture and by extension equip other parents. This is this is on purpose. This is yeah. according to God's design. I wasn't, yeah. you know, 43 in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't 43 in the 80s. No, but I'm I'm 43 now. And praise God, God intended that I would be this age and that I would function for his glory at this time. So just think about that. Wherever you are, that the Lord intended that it would be so, that he would work through you mm-hmm. according to his sovereign will. Amen. It's a beautiful Amen. thought. Will the Great, let's go to the phone lines. Where are we going first? All right, let's go to Mary in Texas. Hi, Mary. Praise the Lord. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. My comments on marriage and divorce. Mm-hmm. My husband and I will be married 57 years come March, wow. but That's it was bad. a rocky beginning. Mm. Way back in the Vietnam War, he went off to Vietnam. We had been married a year, had a three-month-old baby. He came back. I didn't know in those days, PT, what they call it, post-traumatic stress. PTSD, They called yes. it shell mm-hmm. shock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a very rocky time for three or four years, and we ended up getting divorced. Mm. I remember in California then you had to go to counseling, and the counselor told me he had no desire to change and that the divorce could go through. I walked out of that counselor's room. God gave me a scripture song, You Got Any Mountains? You think are impossible. You got any rivers you can't tunnel through. God specializes in things not impossible, and He can do not what no other God can do. I had two kids with one on the way. Mm. In a couple of years, we ended up getting remarried again. In that period, I remember a man asked me out from one of our churches, and I said, "I don't date. I'm divorced." And he said, your pastor told you you can't. And I said, no, my pastor said no word to me. I read in the book of Corinthians, it says, let her remain unremarried or be reconciled. Mm. And it, the scripture below that says something about for the children's sake or souls. And God led me through those years, but God brought us back together again. Amen. And uh, when it came to forgiveness, it reminded me of what David said with Bathsheba. And yet David was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And God worked in his life even though he sinned. The whole gospel is forgiveness. You know hey, letting go. Let me just jump in. This break is right here upon us. I really appreciate you sharing. This is a powerful testimony. Yes. we got to grab the break. We'll come right back on the other side. Stay close. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. They were great people to work with. 
from the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Introducing AFA Streaming, a new online platform that hosts all AFA-produced video content, including documentaries, church curriculum, American Family Radio shows, and our Cultural Institute series. The Constitution only works in the atmosphere of Christianity. Critical race theory and intersectionality are new religious frameworks. The Christian must say, as Paul said to the Galatians, there is no new gospel. AFA Streaming is a vital step that we are taking to fulfill our vision to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. You'll find top-notch resources that address the issues of our day related to marriage, family, the sanctity of life, and many others. Start streaming today, streaming.afa.net. Hello, this is Franklin Graham. It's getting close to Christmas, and that means that it's time for Operation Christmas Child. Operation Christmas Child provides you the opportunity to fill a empty shoebox with toys, hygiene items, and school supplies for a child in need. The most important thing to send with that shoebox is prayer. Pray for that child, that God will use your gift to touch that child in a very special way. And then we'll take that box and we'll deliver it to a child somewhere in the world. This Christmas, we'll be delivering our 200 millionth shoebox. And your box might be the 200 millionth, I don't know. But please, pack a box today. We need your help. And we want the little children around the world to know that God loves them and that Jesus died for their sins. God bless. National Collection Week is the third week in November. Visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to get involved. That's SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. American Family Radio. It's the Friday edition. It's our gumbo show, so everything goes in the pot. We kind of recap and, and talk about the things that you want to talk about. Of course, the things that we're knowledgeable about mm-hmm. and the things that uh, relate to sort of the purview of this show. Amen. At least that's what we aim for. You know, we'll just see. Uh, welcome back to the show. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And it was Hazakim with Time Zone. And we have our sister Mary on the line. And I just wanted to make sure that Mary was able to finish her encouragement because I heard themes of forgiveness and long suffering mm-hmm. and a trusting of the Lord's word and, and restoration. And so I wanted to make sure that she uh, was able to kind of round out her, her points there. Mary, are you still there? Yes. Go right ahead. Um, I just want to say to have faith in God and trust him to direct your path. Um, we were divorced almost three years. My husband started, ex-husband then started courting me again. And um, 
we got back together, those in church were sort of against it, and there others were for it. What we ended up doing, we moved from California to the southern state to start afresh. Things are rocky when you first start over again with your same husband. But if you put your mind in the Word of God and let Him direct you through those words, I mean, 57 years come March to think the rocky road we started off on has ended this way. Mm. And there, you got to forgive. That's the whole point to me of the gospel, to let go of the bitterness or the remorse and forgive and let go and let God work things out. Amen. Oh, Amen. Mary, thank, you, thank Mary. you so much. That That is so refreshing and so encouraging to hear. And, and I think, you know, there are times that we talk about these things. We talk about what the word of God says. <laughs> but I think that there are very many people who find it easier to read what God what God's word says uh, than they find it to actually live what God's yeah. word says. And yeah. so thank you so much for sharing that testimony. That's so powerful and so very encouraging. We'll go back to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where are we headed? All right, let's go to Celeste in Mississippi. Hi, Celeste. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, um, hang on one second. I am just so overwhelmed right this minute. My Phone is not cooperating. Y'all just got to forgive me just a second. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought I was prepared for this, <laughs> but I'm not. Um, one second. One second. It, it's, it's okay. We just, we don't, okay. we don't have okay. anywhere to go. Okay. I am ready. I am okay. ready. I am ready. I told the Lord I was bursting and please let me be next. And here we are. Sorry, I messed up at first. Will the great and my Miki Mika mentor, I love the two of you more than you can even begin to comprehend. I, you just can't even know. And I have so much to say right now. He has given me so much to say that I hardly know where to start. But I want to first say thank you to Brother Don Wildman Mm. and the American Family Association. Mm. Y'all have been an integral and fundamental part of my life and my Mm. faith for the last 25 years. And I thank God for each and every one of you. And I love you so, so much. Praise God. Okay, so I have been in the presence of the Most High God for the last two days, and I still am, and He he is with us now. Mm. And it is so overwhelming and emotional, and something is happening to me. I have always belonged to God, but I have never had a moment's peace until right now. He has done something to me. He has healed me. He has rescued me from the fire. He has led me through the deep waters. He has saved me. He has changed me. He has chosen me. He has called me. He has anointed me, and he is raising me up to the next level. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I hear you. We we all know that time is short. We, Mm -hmm. We can feel it. We see it. We know what's happening, and that's why I'm calling. I care about nothing, nothing anymore, except pointing everyone to the cross, Mm -hmm. nothing else. 
And I'm telling everybody that I can, every opportunity, and I'm making the opportunity if God wants me to. And today, I felt like he wanted me to call every program that I could get on to to tell y'all some stuff. But he would not allow me to get through on any program until yours because he knows the desires of my heart. And my heart's desire was to talk to y'all. Well, God bless you, Celeste. You know, it's amazing, even as I'm listening to you, um, of course, our local assembly here gathers for prayer um, every Thursday evening. And um, and just we pray as the Lord leads us by his spirit. And there was one of our sisters was just commenting on just having a strong sense of the Lord really um, strengthening the body and equipping or quickening the bride. Yeah. And, and I think that there are so many eyes of believers that have been opened here recently. And, and I think sometimes, you know, it takes almost like a, a shaking, right? It, it takes um, those moments where there is a great threat. You see this in the book of Acts. I know Will the Great is walking through the book of Acts with a group of men. And um, but so often you see that shaking or you see that threat and then the the church or the believers sort of gather and regroup. And there is this boldness that ensues. Yeah. There is this we have to respond. We, we have to double down for the glory of God. And and Celeste, I would say I don't think that you are alone in that. I, I don't think you're alone in that conviction. I don't think you're alone in that stirring. I think there are so many believers who sense that, you know, and and, and, and I'll just say this um, before we move on. I, I think that there are many believers who have grown weary of this, the mediocrity that I think has been evident or has been present in many people who profess to be Christian, um, to be followers of Christ. Mm. I think that there are so many people who are just sort of over that, that it's not just our title. It's not a name that we wear. It's not something that is ours by like, you know, birthright. I'm born in America. So of course I'm Christian, you know, or I, I think that there are people who understand the cost who have thoroughly counted the cost of following Jesus Christ and are now a part of calling other members of the body to a higher level, a higher standard of living. And so I, I, I do not think you're alone Amen. in that sentiment. I want to say thank you so much for calling and listening, and thank you so much for being obedient to the Lord. I, I think, look, to make much of the gospel is what has always been required of us, and somewhere along the way we lost sight of that. And everything else became more important. That's right. And I think there was a return. Um, who There was an old song. Um, oh, goodness. I guess it was in the 90s, early 90s, maybe late 80s. I can't remember. But the basics of life. And I think that that's the return that you see happening in, in the Lord's bride. Um, mm. That there's a getting back to the basics of what it is to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and bottom line telling the truth about who Jesus is, Amen. like telling the truth about who Jesus is. So anyway, Celeste, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for encouraging us and other members of the body uh, who are listening today. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Stephanie in Houston, Texas. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, actually, in Tomball, Texas, a little like north of Houston, but okay. I'm doing well. I'm super excited to be speaking to you guys, and thank you for everything you do. I've learned a lot through your show. I wanted to share that I'm a homeschool mom since 2016, and I'm um, I, God opened the door to be to run for the school board uh, mm. where we live. So just wanted to share that. And the wow. last couple, you know, the last two weeks we've been out on the poll, so hadn't gotten to listen to you. I'm just running between one poll and the other, delivering materials to the volunteers. <laughs> so um, back to my post in a, in a minute, but. Um, the last couple of days, you know, every day, you know, what do I say to, you know, you only have a 30 second, 
window for to to throw your pitch at mm. the voters uh, at the polls. And so the last two days, um, my words are, um, you know, give my name and uh, running as a conservative Christian parent uh, or a Christian conservative parent. And so a lot of people it resonates with them, and I'm super excited that the Lord gave me those words because I'm pretty shy and quiet, and so didn't know. Okay, which words do I throw for 15 seconds, God? <laughs> so, <laughs> just wanted to share that. And, and you guys have encouraged me through different things. And uh, with our kids, I have two kids. We've been and talking about marriage. We've been married with my husband for 20 years. Mm. And so, um, and again, I, I second what the other people were saying about forgiveness. It's so important. We've gone through our dark times, but forgiveness is, and, and trusting the Lord is key for sure. Mm. Stephanie, thank Amen. you so thank much you. for calling. And, and thank you for sharing what you're doing um, to be to occupy until the Lord returns. Like I, I get really, really overjoyed to hear when um, people are able to look at what is going on in the culture and to respond, mm-hmm. like not to just see it and sort of like lament it, but to see it. Yes, lament it, but then also occupy, make gains, do those things that we're expected to do as faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we can lament what's going on in the public education system. We can lament what's going on, uh, certainly when you look at our school boards and, and these people who have a tremendous amount of influence. Yeah. And and then you can turn and do nothing. <laughs> After you've looked right. at it and, and talked about it, you can turn and do nothing. Or, Stephanie, you can do exactly what you're doing. You can be active. You can Amen. You can run for that position. And so kudos to you. May the Lord bless your efforts there. Thank you so much for calling. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Monty in Virginia. Hi, hi, Monty. Guys, I'm supposed to be very short. Uh, in other words, I'm like you guys. I try to tell a short story becomes a novel, but <laughs> I ask you guys, please look up, behold a pale horse. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Pictures. Yes. And I want to give you either my email or somebody and my phone number. And the other one, if you remember, Ray Comfort, God versus Evolution. Have you got that? Uh, does that, well, you know, we may we may have seen it. I'm not exactly sure because. Well, um, I can promise you, you're supposed to come with your husband and family to Culpeper, Virginia, 70 miles from D.C., 90 miles from Richmond. And we're going to have a revival with your family teaching Bert Hopper, and Alex McFarlane, how wonderful you are! Oh, oh wait, are, are, am, is that already on the books? Are we already? Are we going there? Or are you saying that you? I, I wish. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, we, we probably can make that like, happen. Hold on. The funny thing is, Monty, listen, brother, here's the funny thing. The funny thing is you could be telling me something that is on the family calendar that I just, because I operate by bins. I have things in bins. And then when we get closer to those things, I start to go into that bin and, and, and rifle through the files and all of that. So I thought you were telling me that we are actually doing something. We, we actually are going to... Um, Paris, Tennessee, with Alex McFarland, and and I thought I for a second I thought maybe this was something <laughs> else that Alex had gotten us into, but maybe not. So anyway, Monty, I appreciate well, you calling. <laughs> Go ahead. You better believe that if uh, Marvin Sanders is here at ninety four, and we got two mm. stations: WARN ninety one three and ninety one five. The Addisons are supposed to be here between now and sometime in the twenty twenty three because you guys are wonderful. And I would love to have a host show like yours. I was off one in 1965 in Chicago. I should have taken it. 
but I went to the military and I did things for <laughs> education. I love you guys so much that you will show up here someday, or I'm going to come kidnap both of you. <laughs> that's not weird at all, Monty. Of course, <laughs> kidnap us. Like that's. I mean, just please make sure whatever you bring to 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 you know to grab us, it's big enough for all the kids. Just make sure everybody can fit as you as you bring us out. Um. Anyway, no, I appreciate that. Can I just say he mentioned Marvin Sanders? I Man. love Marvin Sanders so yes. much. Marvin Sanders has um is is forever a part of our life and mm -hmm. what we are doing now in obedience yeah. to God and <laughs> so and I, I just would say that when I came to American Family Radio um in 2008 uh it was Marvin Sanders who trained me to do radio. Mm -hmm. It was Marvin Sanders who coached me. It was Marvin Sanders who gave me reading materials. It was Marvin Sanders who asked me tough questions and would sort of, um, I, I don't know, do you, do you call it like a scratching post? Like who would, who would say, now what about this? Mm -hmm. And then we go back and forth and talking about the issues. And he taught me to host radio. He taught me to talk about the issues. And Marvin Sanders, who is with the Lord now, um, man, I truly genuine man of God, yeah. loved the Lord so deeply, loved God's word. Will the Great and I attended a Bible study that he did for a few weeks at his church here. Mm -hmm. And um, man, just truly one of the excellent ones in the yeah. faith, Marvin Amen. Sanders. Amen. So anyway, you mentioned him. I just wanted to say that. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Gwen in Georgia. Hi, Gwen. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. We go, sure go can. Ahead. Hello. Yes, go ahead. Yes. Um, I just wanted to say, well, I love your program. I, I try to listen to it every day. And I especially uh, was uh, interested in the Wednesday program because you were talking about things that were, you know, in my state. And what, what I've been thinking about lately and what's kept coming to my mind was Proverbs 9:10, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom mm -hmm. and the knowledge of the Lord brings insight and I think that's what's missing. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what is lacking with mm -hmm. with all of these people that are proclaiming that they are God's man, that they are God's prophets, and yet I see no fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Come fact on. that you would say that something that is clearly spelled out in His Word as mm -hmm. being a sinful thing, something that is not something He would approve of, and yet you approve of it, and I think... How are you going to stand before the Lord, and how are you going to make that work? Hmm. You know, there's just—it bothers me. My late husband was a minister. He's been in heaven for almost 23 years, hmm. and it, it just really uh, bothered me. And I had to get out of my car for a few minutes to pump gas, and when I got back in, the man that was preaching and preaching all that— uh, hatred and 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 just politics and stuff, and then he would throw in the Bible verses every few <laughs> paragraphs, and I was like, "What?" Hmm. Anyway, I I just thought, no fear of the Lord. Yeah. That's exact. Yeah. You you have hit the nail square on the head, Gwen. Like what you have identified is exactly right. There is no fear of the Lord. There is no fear of God in their eyes. It's exactly right. And it's the warning to um, the Ephesian elders from the Apostle Paul, right? That from among you will arise these wolves who will mislead the people and who will teach these twisted things. Right. And that is what we are indeed seeing right now. All right, we'll grab the break. Aaron the Addison, stay right there. Election Day is November 8th. 
For the first time, iVoterGuide is covering select statewide ballot measures, some of which will affect voter identification laws and abortion. This important part of your voter guide is available now and can be found at the bottom of your personalized iVoterGuide ballot. To see the arguments for and against and other research, click on the More button or the amendment title. For all this information and more, please visit iVoterGuide.com. That's iVoterGuide.com. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. Hey, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Do you know for the last two years, southwest Louisiana has faced multiple storms, including Hurricanes Laura, Delta, and Zeta. 8 Days of Hope sent our rapid response teams to help in these areas after Hurricane Laura hit Lake Charles and again after the flooding in 2021. Well, today we're excited to announce that our 18th rebuilding trip will take place in Lake Charles from December 3rd through December 10th. Thousands of volunteers will gather from around the country to love and serve this community by helping them repair their homes that were affected by these disasters. We're going to focus on roofing and drywall, painting, electrical work, flooring, and so much more. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. So there's a couple ways you can help with this mission. First, pray. Pray that God will speak through our actions to each family and make himself known. Second, consider volunteering. It's free, and we provide the food and the lodging. Hey, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, read the FAQs, and you can volunteer right there. Again, that's 8daysofhope.com. A teenage jihadist comes to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met young Ahmed when I visited the Middle East. His father died fighting for ISIS. His mother was an extremist, and young Ahmed was going to be a suicide bomber by killing himself and others being sold out to violent Islam. Now, his mother and siblings, they came to Christ. They prayed nonstop for his salvation, and when it came, he was beaten nearly to death by extremists. And when I caught up with him several villages over, I asked, Ahmed, what's your Bible mean to you? And he said, I can look here and see where Jesus says they'll hate you because they they hated me and where Jesus says I'm with you always. Now listen, having a Bible, it meant everything to him and gave him perspective and his prayer was for believers there who need God's word to endure and persevere and I said, Ahmed, those Bibles they're coming. $5 since a Bible, $50 since 10 $500 since 100 Please in this season of giving, bless the persecuted church by calling 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word or give it sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org and God bless you for caring. Freedom from my chains and healing from my pain. Everything's been changed because Jesus called my name. Freedom from my chains and healing from my pain. Everything's been changed because Jesus called my name. Jesus called my name. Welcome back to the program where we are trying to get through this last segment really quickly because I got a performance that I got to get to. Uh, Sam Witt has told me, Sam Witt, who is six, many of our listeners know that we have six children. Sam Witt is number five, but he is six years old. So don't confuse those. Okay, he is not five. He is six. It's very important. (laughs) And he told me earlier today that he was working on a sight and sound production for, for us, 
Really? Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sight and Sound. Many of our listeners would be familiar with Sight and Sound Theaters. And he was working on his rendition of uh, David. And so I know. And so I got to hurry up because I don't want to be late. It's hard to get tickets for things like this. Yeah, man. Sold and so, out. Um, yeah, he showed me just outside. He goes, he goes, I'm working on a sight and sound production. And I go, are you really? Like, he goes, you want to see? And I go, oh, I'm trying to. Okay, yeah, let me come. Let me see. Let me see. You know, and uh, and I go and I look out the window and he's got like a pile of uh, branches kind of over. And he goes, you see over there right there? He goes, that's the beginning of my set. I'm getting it. I'm, I'm building yes. it. So I'm kind of excited to see what he does. I don't know if he'll be comfortable, but maybe we can uh, record this performance. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a big deal. Um, and then maybe we can post it to our Facebook page. At any rate, um, I got to hurry up because this is a big deal. All right. Welcome back. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was Zanti with Jesus Calls My Name. And it's Friday. It's our gumbo show. We throw the phone lines wide open. Usually this is one of those days for sure. And intentionally so we've covered a lot of heavy hitting topics this week. Um, and I think our listeners want to talk back to us on yeah. those topics. And so I just felt like we needed to open the lines up as much as we could. So 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Will the great, where are we heading? Let's go to Tracy in Tennessee. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Um, uh, there, there's so much I wanted to say also, but, um, like, you know, my, my teenage daughters, they expect that marriage is just going to be, you know, super easy. You're going to meet somebody, you're going to fall in love and, mm-hmm. you know, everything is just, uh, you know, just a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, baby girl, marriage is not something easy. <laughs> marriage is hard work. Mm-hmm. And if you think that you're just going to fall in love with somebody and then, you know, it's, it's just going to you know, be happy and you, you don't have to put in any work. It's going to be effortless. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you're mistaking. <laughs> and something I would encourage is because, you know, there's so many people who are willing to lie to their wife or lie to their husband um, because, you know, they don't want conflict or whatever. And I'm like, you know, no, 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 no. If, if, if you're in a place where, like, you feel like you need to lie to your husband, that's where you need to go to your husband and you need to talk to your husband and you need mm-hmm. to tell them, you know, mm-hmm. exactly. But... So um, by doing that, I feel that it has significantly improved my marriage mm-hmm. and like out of all of my out of all of my relationships, you know, mm-hmm. we can talk about anything and we have a very strong relationship with uh, the Almighty. And another thing that I would encourage the everybody to do is, you know, when you, when you see something that's wrong or not in alignment with God, you know, question that and challenge that like my children, they're taught that um you know, we follow the laws. And so, cause I'm a homeschooling mom and I'm like, baby, um, if something does not feel right in your gut, question that and then go with that. If, 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 if it doesn't align with God, then it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And if we yeah. can just follow God's laws and if, if this whole country, you know, followed God's laws and loved God's laws and prayed, you know, father, teach me your commandments, teach mm-hmm. me in the way that I should go so that I can live for you I feel that, like, there would be a lot more peace. And, you know, he promised us that if we listen to him, if we obey him, and if we if we love him and seek him, he'll bless us and give us yeah. peace. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a big a big issue that, you know, we, we are all facing, like, depression and sadness because we, we're seeking the fulfillment from the Almighty by shopping, doing drugs, having right. sex, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so we're going and seeking this void to fill that void that only the Almighty can feel. 
That's and, right. Um, so, you know, whenever I'm down, like uh, I have a disabled daughter, she has daily seizures. And like this last week, I was just like, you know, God, just hold me. God, please just hold me and love me and comfort me because only the Almighty can comfort us and only mm. the Almighty can love us the way that, you know, we, we, we so desperately need and we're not going to find it anywhere else That's other right. than through prayer. Amen. Amen. Tracy, thank you thank so you, much Tracy. for calling and, and thank you for your words of encouragement and sharing your words of wisdom. There was mm -hmm. one thing that uh, jumped out at me that you said, and it was based on having had another conversation um, kind of on a similar topic where I was asked a question about uh, equipping our kids to deal with a lot of the issues that we're facing in the culture. And one of the things that I said, kind of similar to what you were suggesting here today, Tracy, is that there's no way that I can thoroughly train my kid to respond to every single rebellion right. against God's word. Like I, I, I cannot go through every possible scenario that they're going to encounter that's right. going to be an attack on truth. And here is what I said to the person I was talking to. I said, but here's what I can do. I can thoroughly steep them in God's word. Amen. I can stir, uh, uh, thoroughly steep them in the truth so that when there is a counterfeit that is presented, so that when they are presented with ideologies that rival God's word, they already know the truth. They Amen. already know the, tr the truth. We're trying to set them up to win so that they can have that sense. Um, what what I think, as, as our sister Tracy said, that gut feeling um, that we would say we want it to grow to the point of discernment because of daily use of God's word, mm. that their senses are trained to know those things that they ought to reject. Tracy, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Donna in Michigan. Hi, Donna. Well, hello, Will and Miki. I just want to tell you I'm a first-time caller, hello. but I am a long-time and loyal listener. <laughs> thank you so <laughs> much. I just love you both. Thank yes, you. I love you both so much. Um, to your earlier caller, Sister Mary, what a testimony of faith. Mm. Oh, my goodness. You know, and then, Miki, your comment about living it out, what the Word says, and not yes. just reading it, yes. is imperative to a life in Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. You know, Amen. and Sister Celeste called, and she talked about standing up for truth and that she's feeling raised up. And there's one thing that this um, crazy COVID has has done is bring awareness to where we were weak. And, and God has brought mm. such a blessing upon each of us to know where we stand and where we stand in truth mm -hmm. and bringing awareness of what's going on in this world and that he is the truth. Amen. Um, when, when I originally called in, um, I, I told your uh, screener there that I'm calling because I, I was a, a person, a family member that was asked to stand up in a wedding. And that particular wedding uh, with the family members was going in a really, really bad direction. Mm -hmm. They ended up, they did end up getting divorced. Um, but I remember as, as they were going through it, the um, female in the um, marriage wanted to bring me in to these divorce hearings um, because there was conflict with the children and all this kind of stuff. And I continually told both of them, that I stood there as a participant in their wedding, mm -hmm. and I listened to them say their vows mm -hmm. for God, to God, in mm -hmm. front of everybody, and that they needed to work on that marriage. And I will tell you, it almost cost me the relationship with my family. And yes. I'm reminding as we talk about these things and standing in truth, is that Jesus 
also went through trial and suffering. Mm-hmm. When we are standing for truth, we go through trial and suffering. That's right. That's right. That is a part of a calling of a Christian. That's and right. I, I just, it, it is so imperative, I believe, that, that people know this is not an easy-peasy life. If it was, diff- you know, Jesus had to go through it, we're going to go through it. Mm-hmm. Come on. But standing for truth is always the right thing. Always Amen. the right thing. Even when it costs you relationship, it yep. is the right thing. Amen. Oh, Amen. Donna, man, you're spot on. Wow. You know, Thank and, you. and I, I think that's the difficult aspect of our standing on the side of truth. It, that's the difficult aspect to discuss because it, it does cost us something. Yeah. And, and I think when you push back on people according to God's word, it's not easy. It is much easier to say that you should do it than it is to do it. When I had a friend <laughs> walking through a divorce and and I just sang at her wedding. Like I didn't I didn't actually like stand as like one of the you know, I I sang, but still I felt like I participated. Mm -hmm. And and I said, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to ask some tough questions. Like, I I mean, have you guys gone through all the steps? Are you going through counsel? Like what is what is going on? Has there been infidelity? All of these all of these things that make it very uncomfortable because there are times even among believers. And guys, let's let's just, you know, identify this. We wish that it weren't true. But there are times, even among believers, that when we are communicating with one another, we're often just looking for agreement. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for that challenge. We're not looking for someone to take us to Scripture and say, well, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Have you considered this? And then lay out book <laughs> and chapter mm-hmm. and verse and, yeah. and then read a few verses with them and, and cry with them and weep with them and say, this is difficult, but... You know, this is what the word of God says. That is incredibly uncomfortable. And as our sister Donna just rightly pointed out here, it does cost us something to live that kind of life. Way more involved and way costlier. All right. Um, Well, the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Merle in Texas. Hi, Merle. Merle. Hi. Hello, Merle. (laughs) This is your friendly neighbor. I love you. (laughs) First First of all, I have a disclaimer. I don't do gumbo. Oh, I saw that in the comments, um, Merle. And I was like, come on. It's Gumbo Friday. No. Come Sorry. on. If people, are, if people are watching the streaming, then they can see my face. <laughs> now I'm, ta- I'm talking so you can hear it in my voice. Okay, she don't do gumbo. Man. I like, just what? don't do it. Ah. Sorry. Okay. It's fine. Right. We still love okay. you. We'll take you. Yeah, yeah. I know. And I love you all too. <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. Dumbo. That's okay. So I have two questions that may be a little controversial. I don't know. I may be canceled. Oh, no. I don't care. Oh, but no. um, <laughs> I, my question is, why does it seem that the so-called black church, why does it seem as though they are teaching out of a different Bible? And my second question is, <laughs> why does it seem that they always put color before Christ? Mm. First of all, I just want to say that those two <laughs> questions are statements, Merle. Those are not questions. Just just because you give a little inflection at the end of it and kind of phrase it like it's, mm. those are statements. And and look, you're exactly right. And and I know you, we want to be very careful here. We don't want to paint with a broad brush. But you know, I had this conversation um, a couple weekends ago with our brother Abraham, whom you know as well. And one of the things that we were talking about is we were talking about the lack of discipleship that is sort of the tradition in a lot of churches, 
but it's especially pronounced in what would be considered historically black churches. And I think when you start to look at the lack of discipleship coupled with a type of approach to the Bible that I think is a misuse of scripture. Now, let me let me tell you what I mean when I say when, when I talk about this approach that people have, you know. So you grow up in church, okay? So I grew up in what would be considered a historically black church. For the sake of this discussion, we'll call it black church, okay? And the word of God is preached. But what you don't hear on a regular basis is you need to read the word for yourself. You need to (laughs) understand the word for yourself. So functionally, what happens in the church is that it feels sufficient that you've been preached to on Sunday. That is enough. And so you leave and you feel like, well, that's good. Now, you add to that, and please, I don't mean this to sound offensive at all, but if you add to that an approach to Scripture that looks at the Word of God as if it's sort of a horoscope mm. or like you're, like a daily fortune that you read. So you just kind of like check in to get something that's going to help you get through your day. It's sort of like opening the newspaper and seeing what your daily horoscope is. And, and, and I don't mean to be disrespectful because the word is not that, but I believe that that's historically how the word has been treated. In other yeah. words, you only go for those good things. Yeah. I need those nuggets. I need those. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed <laughs> in the city and blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come and when I go that if he is for me, who can be against me? So it's all of those things that we just kind of pack into our life that finds the Bible or turns the Bible into sort of our daily horoscope. Mm. It is, it is sort of my guide for today. It doesn't correct me. It doesn't rebuke me. It doesn't chastise me. It doesn't call me to a standard of holiness. If it does, I skip over those to quickly get to, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going in to ask for this promotion. I can do all things through Christ. I got this. Let's go. So I think when, when that is sort of what characterizes the approach and mm-hmm. the environment there, then it only stands to reason that it would you would get the result of what appears to be the use of a defunct Bible. And, and, <laughs> right. But the word of God is powerful. The word of God is not defunct. It is the, the way that people approach God's word that is defunct, right? Yeah. Mm. And I think there's something else that we can't deny. And this is what, regardless of the makeup of the church, the ethnic makeup of the church, this is something that everyone must take note of. The Bible is very clear that people who sit under false teaching, that they have gathered up for themselves Mm. those who would teach what their itching ears want to hear. So the question is, you know, yes, you've got these false teachers, these wolves in the pulpit. But the question is, and what of the people? Are they getting what they, in fact, desire? And according to scripture, the answer is yes, that's what they want. They want to be stirred and like entertained. And so that's exactly what they are getting. And that is unfortunate. We're out of time. We're out of time until Monday. Lord willing. God bless.